0: Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. Our title today is $7 Billion, and I promise to give that a little context as we move forward. I want to say a bit about the content of the Excel Still More episodes before we jump into that. By design, I have tried to make these very non-preachy, non-sermonish, not so much what you would hear at a worship service, but what you might hear in regular conversation. In worship services, everything centers around the scripture, and then we add in some ideas when we can but I wanted something on the side where we can just talk about different ideas or examples and then put God's Word in next to it. I'll say this, if you want more of the preachy stuff, you can always subscribe to the Lindale Church of Christ podcast, which is just twice a week. It kicks out the sermons from Sunday, and you can check out all the Bible study there. I'd love for you to do that. However, every once in a while... I just feel like recording an Excel Still More episode that centers on Jesus. I think that sometimes in this journey, we can forget that all of the goals that we set and the planning and the journaling and all of the practical tips and strategies, that's all helpful information, I hope. But none of this is possible without the love of Jesus. Everything that works for me every day, only works because of him. So I just want to talk about his influence in my life today. And to do that, we're going to talk about $7 billion. Now you might think, okay, Chris, you set me up for a sermon and now you're talking about something that has nothing to do with Jesus at all. Well, stay tuned and maybe I can surprise you a little bit by the end. Okay, $7 billion. That is a lot of money. In fact, for me and and probably you as well, that's just off the charts. Like, that's an inconceivable amount. But just for the sake of it today, I want you to think about the impact of that amount of money in your life. What would you do? Would you quit your job? Just give up on the workforce altogether? Would you travel the world? The question of the day is this. What would you do if you had $7 billion in debt? oh you didn't see that one coming, did you? I'm not talking about $7 billion in your bank account. I'm not asking you if you would quit your job because you're set for life. I'm asking you if you were $7 bucks in debt, would you just give up? I mean, I can't even conceive of that kind of debt. That's suffocating. In fact, I wouldn't even know how one would accrue such an incredibly damaging amount. Maybe every decision you made in your entire life had gone wrong and financially you had to wear all of that. Maybe your parents had done something in the family and now you're bearing all the burden. Maybe someone had done something fraudulent in your name and pinned all of the repercussions upon you. How would you deal with all of that culminating in an obscene amount of money that you owed? When I said earlier, would you travel the world? You might have been thinking about having the money and seeing wonderful places. Now you might be thinking about just running away. The truth is, no matter how you tried to process it, it would always hang over you. There wouldn't be a thing in the world you or I could do to ever make it better And honestly, I just don't know what would be the purpose in even trying. I mean, you don't go out and get a second job delivering pizzas to pay off $7 billion in debt. I was thinking this through earlier, and I thought about maybe calling the person, the bank, to which I owed all that money and seeing if I could negotiate a reduction. Have you ever done that before? It works, you know, you call the hospital and say, hey, if I gave you cash today, what could you do with that bill? So I call him up and say, so looks like I owe you 7 billion bucks. Um, if I gave you cash today, what do you think we could do about that? Well, I have to tell you, I am a bit of a math nerd. So I actually did a few calculations on that and it just doesn't look good. If the bank said, Chris, I will forgive of your debt if you'll pay the remainder today via credit card on the phone. You know what? I would still be in trouble. Not even 99% forgiveness would get me out of this mess. I'd still owe 70 million bucks. I just don't keep that kind of cash around. If he said, I'll forgive 99.99. I mean, I just upped it big time right there. I'll forgive 99.99% of your debt, if you'll pay it today, it would still be 700 grand. Some of you out there thinking, I don't think that's right. Hey, you go check the math on this. I spent way too much time working on it. The point is this, I don't have 700 grand, probably never will. So this is how despairing it is. The only way I could come out from underneath it is if all of it was taken away. I couldn't do anything, not even point zero one percent on my own. So uh, we're about six and a half minutes into this episode, and I'm wondering if you know what this is all about. Do you remember the time Jesus told the story about $7 billion in debt? No, he didn't use that figure. In the economy of that day, he used the term 10,000 talents. There are variations in the way we calculate a talent, but there is a consensus that puts that amount at roughly $7 billion. So Jesus tells a story of a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. But since he did not have the means to repay... His Lord commanded him to be sold along with his wife and children and all that he had and repayment to be made. Now, I want to pause there a minute. If he gave every single thing he had, everything, it wouldn't even put a dent in the amount. So again, he would give himself to slavery, his family, and all of his goods and know that he still ultimately was in a situation That no amount of work or time would repair. Like I say, much like you and me, this man probably would just completely give up if he couldn't run away. But here's what the parable goes on to say The slave understands all of this, of course. So the slave fell to the ground and prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. Now, don't lose sight of the amount here while you're listening to this parable. That could never happen. It's impossible. The amount was too great. And of course, Jesus is using hyperbole here, this exaggerated amount, to make a really big point. But he's basically saying, If you will be patient, I will devote my life to you and I will do the best I can. Well, that would have been a pretty good deal if the Lord had said, Okay. Just work and we'll see what happens. But here's what it said in verse 27. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. Well, I wonder what that must have felt like. The man knows that nothing short of full forgiveness would work and certainly no Lord would ever do that. So he's just begging for patience. He knows it probably won't work he and his wife and family and everything will forever be slaves to this man. But the man comes back out of a feeling of love for him, compassion for his situation, takes all of the burden on himself, does this Lord, and forgives him every penny. That must have been an indescribable feeling of relief and exuberance. Can you see them all rejoicing and holding one another, the family, bowing down before the Lord, crying and praising his mercy. And I'm sure that slave went out with the intention of serving that master anyway out of gratitude for the rest of his life. Now, I think you know what that part of this story is about. That is what it feels like to be in a relationship with Jesus. My sin is so heavy the guilt and shame and humiliation and embarrassment that I have earned for myself is an insurmountable amount of irredeemable mistakes. Seven billion dollars in debt. That's what sin is like. It may as well be because it can't be repaid. It can't be repaired. I'm not powerful enough to make all of that right. And I'm not powerful enough to go on without sinning again. And if I had to wear that, I mean, what's the good of excel still more. What's the good of rebuilding relationships and deepening faith and getting control of my life? I'm carrying $7 billion in sin debt here. I'm lost. But then came Jesus and his love. And for me, on the day that I was baptized in water and united with the power of his death, it was that moment of prostrating myself before his throne and just begging for patience and he rewarded me with complete forgiveness. I told you I wasn't going to get all preachy up in here in these episodes, but I just have to turn the attention to you for a minute. I genuinely hope and pray that you have experienced that in Jesus, that you're not carrying around the shame and debt of sin, because I have to tell you, you'll never pay it back. You'll never be good enough. You'll never do enough right things to make it right. You can't. In fact, if you're like me trying to dig out of it, probably just going to end up a little deeper in the hole. What you need is Jesus. You need the mercy of Jesus, the compassion of the King, the blood that ultimately paid the debt to the Father on our behalf. I just have to tell you, everything I'm trying to do in my life, family, fitness, finance, you name it, doesn't matter. All of it is possible because He has removed that burden. Well, you probably know that's not the end of that story. In fact, as beautiful as the compassion of the Lord was, it wasn't even the purpose of that story. Here's what happened next in verse 28. That slave, that same slave, went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him 100 denarii. And he seized him and began to choke him saying, pay back what you owe. So his fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling and went and threw him in prison until he should pay back what was owed. So when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Well, there are a couple of verses left there, but let's talk about this a minute. This man has been forgiven this incredible debt. He goes out, and he's got no money in his pocket, you know. He just doesn't have any debt. So he finds someone who owes him what, relatively speaking to the $7 billion, is about 10000 bucks. That's quite a bit of money, if you ask me. Here's a guy who basically just got his entire life back. So he's just trying to get a little money to get going. $10,000. Well, the man can't repay him. But he has none of that compassion, Percentage-wise, it's a teeny tiny little percent. I don't know. It's a point zero zero something one in comparison to what he's recently been forgiven. But he's focused on himself. He has no mercy on the man. He throws the man in prison until he pays it back. Well, you probably know how this story ends. The Lord summons him back and says, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not? also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? Now, let me just pause there a minute. It wasn't even the same, was it? $7 billion and $10,000 are not the same. What he's saying is in the same way, with the same heart of compassion, even though the amount was so much less. The Bible goes on to say, His Lord now moved with anger. It was compassion before, now it's anger handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. My heavenly father, Jesus says, will also do the same to you. If each of you does not forgive his brother, watch this, from your heart. Now that was the purpose of the parable, wasn't it? Remember how in verse 21, Peter asked, how often shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? And Jesus tells the story so that Peter will understand, you have done so much against God, but God has responded with compassion to you. And it is for that reason that you are free, that you live and have hope that you could have never attained through any amount of work or time on your own. Whatever your brother has done against you will be a thousandth of a percent of what God does for you every day. You need a heart of compassion for your brother who sins, because if you can't show that to them on such a small and remote and redeemable scale, then the compassion of the Lord turns into anger, and he'll put you where you deserve to be. Remember that? You're in debt. You deserve to be in jail. He'll put you back where you deserve to be. Let me just be really clear. I'm going to heaven, but it's because I'm not going to get what I deserve, That's why I'm going to heaven. My debt deserves death. Jesus gave me life. May we go out today. You say, well, what's this about? Excel still more. Where are you going with this? Appreciate and praise the king for what he has done. And then go out and show him how much that means to you. In the way you seek reconciliation with others. In the way you forgive the same old thing, the same old guy did to you for the 10th time. Immediately demonstrate a willingness to forgive and move on. And if he seeks even the first inklings of mercy from you, give it to him in abundance. Do you know why relationships get better when people grow in their relationship with Jesus? Because the more I appreciate what Jesus has done for me, the more willing I am to do those same things for others. Let me finish with this. We studied a line from the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, some time ago, our daily bread. Let me give you another line, something to think about this week. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Is that something you feel comfortable praying? Lord, I pray mercy on me from you to the same extent that I've shown it to other people. Well, Jesus says that ought to be your daily prayer, exactly the way you want it to be. Always remembering, never forgetting, that your friend or co-worker or neighbor or brother in Christ or family member may owe you $10,000 and be unable to repay, and you may have to just decide to forgive them. But ever on your mind is the day that Jesus forgave, an amount beyond even comprehension, and he continues to extend it every day. So if you want the courage to forgive people for the things that they have done against you, just take a moment and remember that day when you begged for patience, and in response, he forgave you $7 billion. Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website ExcelStillMore.life where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Excel Still More.